Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I want to talk about this restaurant in Bristol that's added um, carbon emissions to its menus so that customers can see the environmental cost that each meal has. It's called the Canteen and they want to just try and help their customers stay informed about the global impact of their food by listing the carbon footprint of every single dish alongside the ingredients and the price. I'd say the chef absolutely loved that when they were told this is their their new initiative. I, I actually am a fan of calorie counts on menus. Um, and if I want the dish, no matter what the calories are, I'm just going to eat it, to be honest with you, if I want it. But I wonder, would people be swayed by the environmental impact? I just don't know if it'll have the same pull. What's your view on this today? Ashling is with us on the line. Ashling, do you think people will choose alternative dishes based on the carbon emissions? Hi, Andrea. Yeah, um, when I saw this article myself a few days ago, I actually thought it was a really good idea. Now, I have a vegan company myself. It's called Tanks Plants. And we sell wholesome meatless meats into supermarkets like Super Value and Tesco. Um, but And we've also, you know, done a lot of uh, studies ourselves on the carbon emissions and the water usage of our products. But when it comes to restaurants, we don't really have a clue what we're eating. Now, I would say for this restaurant, a lot of the people that will go in and will see the values on the menu, because it's a vegetarian restaurant, all the values are going to be quite low. And sometimes as well, people don't know what those values mean, um, you know, in real terms. But I think if other restaurants were to adopt it and you had like a side by side comparison from, say, a beef burger that might be up to, say, uh, 3000 grams of CO2. Uh, to create that burger versus 300 grams for a veggie burger, I think that might make people think. And maybe even if that night, you know, they still want to indulge in that beef burger because they're out and they mightn't be in that mindset, they might take that idea home with them and think, gosh, you know, it Mm. is really impactful if I eat meat and why don't I try to incorporate a little bit more plant-based? Because we don't really, you know, have that information when we go into the supermarket and we're hearing little bits here and there in the newspapers on the radio of how we should eat less meat but I think people still don't realise what their individual impact has. But it'll be would it not be just as much or maybe not just as much but certainly a problem too for your vegetarian or vegan style restaurants where you know you might have a lot of um, well maybe not going to say a lot but you'll certainly have some products on the menu that are all imported. Yeah, but you have to remember as well, when it comes to meat, even if you buy local meat here, the grain might have been imported from Brazil and Argentina. And although you think that you're buying, you know, a Wexford product or something like that, the animal could have consumed grain from above that was far greater, you know, than what a human could actually eat per pound. So that has to be taken into consideration. And also, if you look at transport, the entire amount of transport has less carbon emissions than the entire animal agriculture industry. Now, only a fraction of that transport would go to importing and exporting vegetables. So, you know, that kind of puts it in perspective mm-hmm. as well. It's not just the travel. Well, There's other, obviously, con- considerations, um, you know, in- included in it too. Let me bring in Tony as well, Ashling. Tony Keogh was joining us. He's the head chef with the Cornucopia Restaurant in Dublin. Tony, are you in a favour or in favour of uh, the carbon footprint of each meal to be listed on your menu? 
I think it's a great idea, but in, to be honest, the um, implications of implementing something like that would be really complex. Um, like there's, it's multifaceted, um, and I think it's it, like I like your idea. I was reading up about my emissions. It's a bit of a blunt tool, though. Um, like we have ingredients come from so many different sources. So, for example, we get carrots. They might come from Ireland. They might come from Scotland. They might come from Italy. They might come from Spain at different times of the year. So the transport cost, the production cost, the harvesting, they're going to vary slightly. So it would be very hard to get an exact amount of an exact value on what the actual the actual footprint is per dish. And if you have like 20 ingredients in a dish, all coming from variable sources um, at different times of the year or different different seasons, it's going to be quite hard to get an exact pinpoint but reading. I imagine but as I a think, chef, it'd be a total nuisance trying to sit down to work this out. Because any time oh, I talk to chefs yeah. about calorie counting, you know, a lot of them will tell you, like, it will spell an end to the, the daily specials because of the amount of time oh, that yeah. they have to spend sitting down yeah, working all this out. You couldn't actually work it out. Like, it's, it's too complex. Like, when the calorie counting thing came up initially, we were just like, absolutely not. There's, there's no way we could possibly implement something like that. And I think it could be the same with the, uh, the, with the, the, the carbon. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good idea because I think people will see, it'll give people an indication of, um, I suppose, what's in their food and what it takes to make their food and their, 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 the carbon footprint that's involved. Um, because a lot of people really wouldn't know. Because people go to the supermarket, they just see the food, they bring it home, they eat it. They don't really t- put too much thought into the, uh, the, the farming practices that were uh, used to, to create that food. And um, so obviously, as Ashley was saying there, like the difference between, let's say, a beef burger and a veggie burger is massive. And if well, somebody was furnished with that knowledge, they might make an informed decision. But I think to, to, to implement it for a restaurant... I think would be a massive undertaking mm. and also then the cost would have to be passed on to the consumers and like already at the moment I suppose with supplier costs transport costs wage costs all going up and it's just another headache yeah but but, 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 but but just leaving aside I suppose the mechanics of how this would work do you think that consumer choices would act would actually be altered Tony if they were to look and see you know I'm looking at some of the the stuff here on the this um the canteen in Bristol and they have a miso harissia aubergine and a load of other stuff uh, courgette um uh, whatever I I don't know what kind of addition it is. Anyway, it costs 850 and it measures 674 grams in terms of the carbon emissions versus the beetroot and carrot coriander yogurt mix, which is just 16. So I wonder, would people actually go, do you know what? 674 versus 16. I'll take the lower option. I, I, I think it depends on your perspective. I think some people would actually be swayed by it. Uh, maybe not everybody, but I think some people will be swayed by it because uh, particularly younger people, because we are in the midst of a climate emergency now, and I think that people are, particularly the younger generations, have become much more much more aware of it. So I think there is a certain cohort of the population who would actually look at it and they, okay. they, they, they would take advice from it. Uh, let me bring in Raymond, who's got in touch as well. Um, Raymond, would you be swayed by the, the carbon emission, um, the, the numbers on the menu? <laughs> well, as a, practically being vegan for 50 years, um, uh, I, I don't think so. Um, other than if it was just handy to to pop into the restaurant, and as a, as a next restaurant tour, I just can't imagine in a busy restaurant where you would get the time to do all these calculations. And I agree with Tony; it's just monumental, and uh, and and so complicated. Like he said, it, it's cheaper to to grow a carrot in, in Israel or Spain or somewhere and ship it over here or fly it over here and, and sell it cheaper than the local producer can, can supply it. Now, my problem with all this is you're getting into an area like OCD, you know, where you're compulsive disorder, you know, and right. um, 
you know, it, it's it's really, I think the government need to play a much bigger role in this, in, in so far as they should be incentivizing uh, local producers and incentivizing supermarkets and, 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 and shops to, to sell uh, local product and mm. to to um, uh, you know to to tax incentives or whatever, and that's that's my feeling on it. You know, okay. uh, it, and the other thing is, I paid six euros for a cup of coffee recently. By the way, six euro. Yeah, and I gave the guy a tip because he was a foreign guy trying to make a living here, and he was. Uh, I gave him, a, I gave him a tenner and told him to keep the change. <laughs> so, <laughs> my oh, coffee, it's, coffee, your tenner. It's an expensive but, coffee, Raymond. Yeah, um, it was, but it was a big, it was a big hotel and and a huge overhead. So I, I can okay. Kind of appreciate well, you're in the business, yeah. You you yeah. probably take a, a different view maybe to the lo- the normal punter. But um, yeah. do you think Ashling just uh, to pick up there on Raymond's point, would this encourage restaurants to try to source food? more locally? Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, like um, Raymond was saying, there's so many other factors, you know, to, t- to come into place when it comes to putting together a menu, like your, your staff costs, your electricity costs, and all that has to be taken into consideration. But I do think the government needs to do more in supporting um, the, you know, Irish agricultural growth of vegetables and fruit in this country. Uh, to make it cheaper, so it is more attractive for people to buy locally. Um, let me take a, bring in Trudy as well. Trudy Power is the chairperson of the Wexford Food Family and the CEO of uh, Trudy's Kitchen in Wexford. Also, would something in, like this encourage people? Do you think to source more lo- local food, Trudy? Hi, Andrea. How are Thanks you? A for inviting me to talk here today. Um, as you say, I'm chairperson of the Wexford Food Family, which is 55 members, going from yogurts, jams, meats, cordials, breads, and salads. So I'd be speaking on behalf of all the food groups rather than just vegetarian or vegan. So we feel that the regular consumer at the the menu board will not understand the numbers provided or the calculation method. So it's an education that it has to be uh, displayed through through the QR codes or whatever on on how it's measured and with recipe changes and all of that. Mm. The Wexford Food Family, many members hold Origin Green and even some of them have Gold Standard. So this is um, a qualification from Board BIA, which shows the whole process um, of your production facility uh, in relation to going green. And um, the, the members are very passionate about their food being local and produced locally and very passionate about um, where they stand as well in relation to the emissions. And we're working hand-in-hand with Ford Bia and the Wexford Leo to ensure another 10 members are accredited to the Origin Green Standard in 2023. So the Wexford Food Family, all the members, are working on green initiatives uh, with the Leo and that and getting the support there to be educated so that we, we literally are buying local so we buy better, yeah. less carbon emissions and supporting the local so, economy. So when you, when you talk about the, the, the Wexford food family, do you think that restaurants though in Wexford, Trudy, would be on for something like this? I think the um, restaurants in Wexford and what the Wexford food family are doing with Leo and with Tourist Wexford is we're going to bring together an education uh, to the tourists and the visitors to Wexford. And definitely we need to be able to show not only the, um, the carbon initiative but also where it's produced, where it's been reared, and get that story out there. I think okay. sustainability and yeah. need to go hand in hand. The, the, and 
I just think that the Wexford Food Family on a whole with um, the calibre of members that we have from your big Irish country meats, Laney meats, up to Stafford's Bakery, the employment that we're given in the Wexford area okay. and the support to the economy. Mm. Um, and like we're all working together as a group and we share our... Well, that'll certainly help in terms of the education element of all of this, everybody kind of working, working together on it. Tony, the other side of this too, though, is that like I'm a great believer in if you're out for a meal and you're going out to enjoy yourself for the night, just enjoy yourself. Eat whatever you want. If you want to cut back, you know, midweek or eat clean Monday to Thursday or whatever, whatever effort you make. But like if you want to have the curry with the papadoms or whatever you want, just have it. Enjoy it. Life is too short. Yeah, I'm a bit like that as well. Um, particularly with the calorie counting, I would be very like that. Now, I have to say, I think the calorie counting is just like it's the nanny state trying to um, trying to bring this in. Um, I, I, I'd be the same. If I go for a meal, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have a couple of drinks. I'm going to have something nice to eat. I'm not going to think too much about it. Um, it, it is interesting, though, this, this whole thing about the idea of putting the, um, the carbon footprint mm. on the meals. But um, it's just, it, just in order to do it, it would be a massive undertaking. And I, I like what Raymond was saying about uh, the government and Trudy as well, but the government getting more involved in, in promoting sustainability. And yeah. also another small thing, the supermarkets, you know, like when you buy your cucumbers, your tomatoes, your aubergines, they're individually wrapped in plastic and stuff. I know. Oh, it's I like, know. like these plastic trays, I mean, things like that, like that's, that's, that's where the government should be stepping in. That's that's like like straight there in front of you when you go into the supermarket, and I, I think that we could get our heads around that. Um, that's a starting point. Mm. I think that that's probably where we need to begin. Okay. Well, and then obviously, and, yeah. No, I was just going to going to mention some of the texts here too, uh, Tony, from some of the listeners on this about just asking people to get in touch. I mean, would your would your choices or your habits change due to the um, carbon emission figures that you might see beside your desired dish if you're out for a meal? Uh, this listener says such. Absolute utter nonsense. Include what the number is in terms of the packaging, the fertilizer, the transport, the seasoning. I think it's pure, <laughs> absolute nonsense. Says this texter, not a fan at all. Uh, this listener wondering about what about the poor avocados? They're one of the least carbon friendly products that we consume. Not to mention the amount of amount of water which they take to grow. Keep your texts coming into us today, and let me know: Would you change your eating habits because of the carbon? emissions um, located or numbered beside your food choice on the menu. Do keep those texts coming into us but uh, for the moment we'll have to leave it there. Raymond, Trudy Power, uh, also Tony Keogh there from Cornucopia and Ashling. Thanks a million to you all for joining us here on Lunchtime Live today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.